Episode 57, December the 17th, 2012. The one when reality smacked us in the face. You are listening to This Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode... After serving as ferocious predators by obliterating Deportivo and crushing Getafe, Atleti served as prey to the always vicious Barcelona. Despite the loss of the Kool-Aid, second place Atleti have a lot to be thankful for during this holiday season. Felipe Luis's importance to our attack was highlighted once again by his absence in the second half of the campaign, as he was forced off at the break with a right quad strain. The boy has recovered, recovered from his hamstring injury though, and is back at El Cholo's disposal. Atleti hope to end the year on a positive note with their Friday night clash against Celta at the Calderón. A victory would take us up to a remarkable 40 points for the season. And now the red and white fact of the week. With a home victory over Getafe on Wednesday, Aleti broke their all-time record for most consecutive wins at the Vicente Calderon. A streak that now stands at 14. Hello everyone and welcome back to This is Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez once again hosting the show. And tonight, as usual, we have the full crew. We're happy to say hi to Martin Rosenau from Florida. Did I say it right this time? Yeah. yeah. Standing applause <laughs> for me. Martin, how are you? Great to have you. Hey, doing good. Yeah, doing you good. feeling very glum about last night? Eh, I've gotten over it a bit. Eh, getting there. We'll eh. talk about that. Derek, how are you? I'm very good, guys. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, how's the weather up there in, in Holland? Oh, it's awful, man. It's, it does not go there, right? Yeah? Is it snowing all that? Uh, it did last week, actually, and uh, now it's just pouring, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, it's it's not that bad here in Spain. And what we have here in Spain, um, our favorite Irish, um, our, our Halfling, Gareth Nunn. <laughs> How are you, Gary? How are things, guys? How, well, How are you doing? Ah, sure, just mighty. Nothing to be complaining about, to be honest. Okay, well, um, let, let's let's go through the headlines and and maybe um, to start off before we we get on with uh, Deportivo and Getafe, maybe we should deal with the, with the Spanish side first. Um, we we do also have to talk about uh, the Victoria Pilsen um, away um, loss. It's it's not it's not a crucial defeat because we did make it through the group stage, but. Um, in in a less um, in a less glorious way than we expected or, or we hoped at the beginning of the group stage, and we'll we'll get there later on. Let's talk about well, let's talk about the nice side first. Let's talk about, for example, Deportivo and and Falcao's glorious five goals. Um, for example, let me start with with um, his Colombian um, sidekick uh, with with Martin. Uh, how did you see the Deportivo match, for example? Any any comments that that you have about uh, the Deportivo match, Martin? Uh, it's just a incredible uh, moment in Atleti history. Uh, I don't know if anyone was back around 54 years ago when Baba uh, accomplished the same feat that Falcao did. But uh, now, man, it was the first 30 minutes of the game um, before before Costa scored. It, there was no sign of this kind of blowout. 
You know what I mean? It was a pretty you, you it, even-handed yeah, game. Yeah, you, you hit it straight on the head of the nail. It's uh, um, we're, we're talking about Bava. We're talking about um, the, the biggest names in, in Atletico history. I, I, I wrote a post on, on Forza Leti, uh talking about uh, how fast Falcao is, is um, breaking uh, records uh, both with, with Atleti and, and, and other records uh, that... Um, that were, were established in in Europe or in La Liga, and and how his number his numbers are just impressive. I don't know if if you guys think this this is influencing his his latest performances, the performance against um, Deportivo, for example, him his way of of making the most of the of the chances he he had last night, and 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 um, letting that that first clear uh, shot he had on target. Um, can can you can you see his value going up or or at least the chances of of ham, having him go away at the end of the season increase with these performances or do you think the destiny is just set anyway? For example, let me ask uh, Derek. I think that um, we won't be seeing Falcao at the Vicente Calderon forever, but um, it really is a question whether or not he leaves in January. Um, and I think that with every goal he scores, and then especially with performances like yesterday against Barcelona or the five-goal uh, performance against Deportivo, I think those wins um, are only making uh, Abramovich consider uh, twice about um, uh, signing him earlier because I'm I'm sure that Pacquiao is in the plans of some of the top clubs in Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just afraid that if he continues to go like this and... Um, meanwhile, Fernando Torres, of course, who, who isn't playing at his best uh, for Chelsea so far. Um, now, I can really see um, Abramovich just making a rash move and going for Focal, even if it means paying top price in January. Mm-hmm. And, um, Gary, we have seen some news uh, pop up over the last days, um, not only getting talk about Falcao leaving, we're also starting to get talk from the same clubs saying that Simeone is heading the same way. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the shock of this is that we're actually shocked that it's happening because uh, if you remember, guys, uh, this week, a year ago, uh, myself and Ricky were sitting in front of a graveyard outside of Vicente Calderon talking about how long would Manzano last. I mm-hmm. think Rick said it was days. I think Ricky, you said maybe hours, and I think I was saying it might be a week. Uh, in the end, he went two days later. And that was just possibly one of the most depressing podcasts I think we ever recorded because we'd just been knocked up uh, Talbacete. And here we are. That night we were very, very depressed and we're a little bit depressed now tonight. And we're sitting second in the league. We've won a Europa League, won a Super Cup. Uh, we're looking pretty. We're ahead of our rivals, Real Madrid, for God knows how many years. And it just goes to show the work that uh, Simeone has done and the attitude he's changed. I, I would fear more losing Simeone than Falcao. Because I think we've seen under Manzano that Falcao can disappear mm-hmm. if he's given the right tools and he's not given the right way to play. And I think that's where Simeone's the key. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder. I don't, I, as I've always said, I always think he's going to go to Italy. I think Lazio or Inter Milan is his destination. Yeah, I think I think that would be um, perfect for for the type of of of, of um, teams that that he prepares. And the, and the type of football he plays. the history of him with the English press, so I think that's something as well that he would want to avoid. But it's going to be no surprise. We're going to see Simeone linked more and more. 
And we're going to be seeing a lot of our players linked more and more. But I'm surprised that we haven't had our central defenders linked when Godin was playing crap. Everybody wanted to buy him, and now he's actually playing really well. And nobody wants him. So, and Miranda, Miranda can't stay as the, as he has been the last couple of months. I mean, he's one of the most underrated defenders in La Liga. He's really been putting in performances. He's just really, for me, he's a world-class defender. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see in January. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody make a bid, for example. I wouldn't be surprised to see Arsa try to nick Miranda. Because mm-hmm. Mika isn't really doing it, and Carlos Poyle is coming at the end of his career. Miranda's perfect. Miranda could play for any club in the world, in my opinion. He's one of the best. with Vincent Company. He's one of the best defenders in 2012. Okay, well, we're yeah. talking about um, Getafe fans um, not liking some of the comments. I really hope that Barcelona fans aren't listening to this, especially the Barcelona fans that have any power over over signings, because I do agree with you. Miranda is a world class defender, and we would really sorely miss him. Derek, you were saying? Yeah, um, there has been some rumors floating around that um, both Simeone and Miranda um, are actually close to signing an extension at um, Atletico Madrid. And Martin, I was wondering, do you think that um, it is vital for Atletico to sign him on to a longer contracts, or could we possibly see a repeat where Atletico actually just take the money and run with it? Uh, that's always a, a possibility that they take the money and run with it, but uh, obviously continuity, something that we haven't had recently, would be like really, really good for the next coming season to solidify our spot as a top, you know, three team in Spain. Uh, there's also talks lately about Arda leaving, and then obviously uh, talks about. I, I saw rumors today about Courtois. Obviously, his future's in the air with going back to Chelsea and now there's talk that Barcelona are interested in him when about two same, to three weeks ago. It's the same talk that we had last, last season with Real Madrid saying, stating more or less the same things. Um, yeah. So you remember that there, there were also rumors of, of Real Madrid being interested in Courtois more or less yeah. in the same period of the season. Yeah, what I can actually see happening in January is no purchases and no sales. You know what I mean? The well, only, th- the only the person I can is, see is, is Silvio on the way out. Right. Uh, but I'm talking about like permanent transfers of, of players. I think Silvio, the last I had heard was that the club officials still believe in him, still believe he can be a great player. Uh, they just want to loan him out where he can get some minutes. Guys, uh, if, you believe, if you believe in PC, you can believe in anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly... I could see Silvio with some minutes, you know, playing, getting back to top form, you know what I mean? Like in one season is all it takes. We've seen the examples of Diego Costa. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than it got with Raul Garcia, and and look how far he's come back. It's it's just an incredible recovery. And did Costa or Raul Garcia show the type of promise that Silvio did at the beginning? You know, Silvio showed even more promise than them. Mm -hmm. No, Garcia did show a lot of promise when he signed for Atleti. No, before he signed for Atleti, not, not during the, the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean when he was actually well, on the team. Well, Garcia started at Atleti, he was quite good. The problem was when Maniche went, he was given the burden at just 21 years of age to hold Atletico midfield, and that was just impossible for him. He wasn't that type of player. Where Garcia scored a few crackers when he signed for Atleti, and then, nickel by nickel, Atleti kept pushing him back to the defensive midfielder role, and that wasn't why he signed. He practically carried Osasuna to the Champions League that year and we saw now we're seeing now Osasuna are down at the bottom of the table and you just gotta look now and say that yeah, Raul Garcia 
I was checking the other day um, top scores in Atletico Madrid history. I think that after Falcao, from the players that are act- uh, currently playing for Atletico Madrid, um, Raúl García is the next one, and 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 he scored quite a few goals. I don't, I don't, re- I, I'm, I'm looking in that figure up. Uh, more, more than more ten more than Adrián. Yeah, yeah, he scored more than Adrián. I think he's on, on eighth for the season, so that's really impressive for him. He's yeah. our second top scorer after Falcao. Just one thing there, Derek, you were saying about getting contracts. We saw two seasons ago that the contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Conaguero signed a new contract and it didn't work out. The only way you're going to keep players like Miranda and keep coaches like Simeone is remain competitive. And that's something now that Atletico really need to be careful because there's no point in this summer that they're going out and spend. And if, if we manage to get second... It's looking that we've almost got third or fourth sewn up. Touch wood here, unless something completely blows up in our faces. But we're looking like the Champions League football is almost secure. Uh, as I said, there's still a lot of football that we played, so I'm not taking that for granted. But what we need to do is not decide in the summer to go out and say, right, we came fourth this season, we came third, we did well, but you know we lacked in certain areas. So let's go out and spend two or three hundred million and let's win a championship. It's, 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 it's the same. It's the same talk that they get in Barcelona. It's if if they can be more or less confident that unless they severely mess up, um, the league's more or less done for. Yeah. We can well, say the same thing about the Champions League yeah. spot. What we need to do is we need to build and we're not going to overcome Barcelona next season neither. But we can, nittle by nittle, it's a process. And that's what we've seen with this Atletico side. Chip um, away the difference. Playing, that's sorry? It. Chip away the difference, yeah. Nittle by nittle. And we've seen Simeone came in, he knew he couldn't get the defence sorted without a pre-season. So he worked on nittle aspect. He knew he couldn't get this sorted without having this. And that's what we've seen this season. We've seen Atletico organised nittle by nittle. Players were, they were, even last season, you can see the difference in training. Players were allowed to kind of do what they wanted at training last season because Simeone knew that he needed to really put the fear of God in him. There was no point in doing that. Okay, so talking about the Deportivo, um, lasted like around 10 seconds. We, we, we got to the Barcelona point. So... Let's focus on the Barcelona point now that we're well, there. Just what? one more thing, uh, Ricky, because oh, I yeah. noticed um, you took your uh, son to the Deportivo game. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I was just wondering, did he have a good time, and is he now a Atletico fan? That's huge. Oh, that's huge. He was, um, he, he was asking me last night about um, the Barcelona match, and, and when I told him the, the score, he said, but do you remember the Deportivo match? And, and he told me the, the match again. And it's, it's, it's really nice for, for a father to, to have a, a six-year-old kid um, tell you time over time the same match and um, the funny way that, that children have of, 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 tell, of telling and retelling things. It's, it's really sweet to see how much he enjoyed the match and how he mm, perfectly... Um, remembers every single detail of the of the five goals that, that Falcao scored and all the rest of the uh, tiny details. Uh, it really impressed him, deeply impressed him from the match. It was a it was a perfect night for us in 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 every sense. Um, go, going back to the to the Barcelona, I I'm especially puzzled you know, the day after uh, um, uh, with the pressers. Um, I really think the um, Spanish press is misinterpreting uh, Simeone and the way he said that um, the, the, he finds the league boring. I, th- I think it was a tremendous um, Cholo-style sarcasm, and I'm starting to feel that um, the press... 
actually don't understand uh, uh, Chola's sarcasms uh, half of the times he 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 uses them because I I think that he was just um, he was just being sarcastic when he said that the the league was boring. Uh, what's your opinion there? Well, what do you what do you mean? What, what do you think he was really trying to say there? No, what do you I, think he was pointing out? Um, but it, it seems pretty straightforward. Like when he says it's a boring league, so um, it's hard to to interpret it a different I, I, way. I, I get the feeling that um, when when Cholo ke- keeps uh, getting the the topical questions, the ones that um, they're they're almost um, uh, hand feeding him the the answer. He'll just go with the the answer that the the um, um, the press is expecting and just get it out of the way and just uh, stare at the at the reporter to see if if that um, if that uh, makes a reporter happy. But I I really don't think that Cholo thinks the um, um, the the league is boring. It's it's more like if he wants to say okay you want you want to say that this season is boring because Real Madrid is out of the way. Okay, say so. But I. I I don't buy the um, this league is boring this season. It's it's either always boring or or it's not boring at all. For, for me, it's one of the most exciting seasons I remember in ages. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I'm I'm well, really excited about this fan, season. As a as an Atletico fan, so you mean so like just from yeah, that perspective? Of course, a, it's an, that, that's the irony there. It's like saying I, I, I go to Calderon every every fifteen days, and, and people are thrilled to to get back to the to to the ground. So um, boring, depending on on what you call boring. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at it, Barcelona pretty much have the league wrapped up now. So for the next what you know, over twenty games or whatever that are left. What are we fighting for? What's Real Madrid fighting for? What have you we? Know what I mean, I, I, what I have we been that... fighting for from day one? Yeah, yeah. Haven't we been fighting for for right where we are right now from day one? Yeah, but yeah. Because we, I think that no one and Simeone is the first one, and I and I remember asking him this after the Real Madrid match last season. It's like, um, do you really think that we're going to be competing against Real Madrid and Barcelona? We're playing a different league, and in our league, important thing is the the type of teams that that we know um, we can surpass um, playing our our game, and we're, we're doing it so well this season that we've even managed to squeeze in the middle of the of the big two, and and as Gary was saying, chip away at the enormous difference between. Two huge um, economical mammoths and the rest of the um, prey. You know what's funny? To me, it all the all those economical differences, all the differences between Barcelona's cantera style of bringing up you know the players under the same philosophy, under the same system. Mm-hmm. Even that, I don't think is the the biggest advantage they have. To me, it all boils down to Messi. That they have Messi. I think that if you take Messi out of the equation. Then Barcelona comes back down to earth quickly. I, I still think they're a competitive team. I still think they're going to be fighting for the title. You know what I mean? They'll still be able to afford star players. But Messi is their difference maker. And no. yesterday, yesterday, uh, uh, we were all our focus early on in the game was stopping Messi, stopping Iniesta getting the ball to Messi, stopping Messi from finding the goal. And by doing that, okay, we successfully accomplished that. But then a spectacular shot from Adriano from outside the box, you know, 
ruins our plan. But that was all because our focus was on Messi. You know what I mean? That that's that's my opinion. No, I don't agree. Sorry, mate, but Barcelona are just a level above everybody else, and it's not because of Messi. You okay, do you think it's like no, um, this Messi like a, brings them up to an eleven? Yeah, but then you take Falcao at Atleti and you can make the same argument. It's not. Barcelona, uh, uh, Real Madrid... I, I agree, I agree you can make the same argument. I agree you can make the same they argument about... They have so about. much talent. They have so much talent on that side. I mean, you can't keep your eye off anybody because Alves can produce something. Carlos Boyle can produce something. Pique can even produce stuff. They've got talent everywhere. And, okay, Messi is the main goal scorer. Yes, he's scored over 90 goals. I don't think it's about scoring goals. He's got 25 goals. goals. He's got 25 goals and the next person has five. Is it just about scoring goals? Is it just about scoring goals? It's it's about being Messi-centric. It's a tipping point. They supply him. They give him the ball. But he is mo- Barcelona are more than Messi. And yes, at the moment, he's the one banging the goals in left, right and centre. And that's it. He's the one on the... But uh, you look sometimes as well. Barcelona players have a chance to score themselves and they'll stick it into Messi. Of they course, can... there's much more. But do you think there would be such an enormous gap to the second? I, I don't. Yes, I, I think don't. so. I think I if think... Messi was to go out injured... I still think Barcelona would scrape because I've I've had conversation with people in a few bars and I still think that Barcelona's biggest problem when you're playing against them is that they can score from anywhere and they proved that Adriano last night and that's their biggest problem anybody on that team can score I mean even right, if some but the thing is the focus the focus is on Messi and that's why people forget about Adriano you take out Messi and then we don't have to shift all our focus towards containing but, one player you know? Yeah, but that's uh, why, for example, I some, I watch Betis. I don't know if you guys watched Betis in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, but it was actually quite a, a good game because Betis didn't mark Barca. They actually went at Barca. And to be perfectly honest, uh, one of the most attractive teams to watch are Betis because they play a great attacking passing style. That's oh, yes, yeah, but that's like watching Valladolid, but... Mm, yes, at the end of the day, that's, that's not something Atleti can play at because no, we the can't do players we, we have... It. Cholo won't play that style. That's okay. Fair enough. We're not going to argue with the man. He's got but, uh, Cholo can play that stuff, but we need Diego and we need a couple of other pieces that we don't have. The thing is, you look uh, the way Betis played that night. Even Realm, they walked off the pitch, Barca, and they said we were so lucky, and that was it. Because instead of Betis, they had their areas and they covered, but they attacked Barca. Um, the style is the style that go are playing now is a style that will frustrate the likes of Real Madrid. The problem is we shit ourselves in the Bernabeu and we allowed Real Madrid to run over us. Our style, if we had played the way we played last night against Real Madrid, we certainly would have won in the Bernabeu. Without a single doubt, we would have won in the Bernabeu. But we shit ourselves in the Bernabeu this this month and we lost. Well, we also had our game plan a bit frustrated with Philippe being absent. Oh, yeah. I think that was a big... You can't blame um, uh, such a poor performance to uh, not, not having a defensive piece. Even though he has, mm, I don't know, offensive influence, I think that it's, it, it was an attitude problem, basically, to to a high percentage. Um, one of the things that uh, I was, I, I'm always um, baffled is um, uh, the difference of attitude that you see when Atletico goes to Bernabeu and the difference of attitude you see when Atletico goes to Camp Nou. It's like they're two completely different teams. Yeah, you 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 get a brave side at Camp Nou that can win, lose or draw, and at Santiago Bernabéu you normally get a team that is um, scared 
to the to the bone, and that will lose uh, most of the matches from the first 15 minutes. Okay, if you take if you take Messi out of Barca and you put Messi on Atletico yesterday, but that's the same. What do you, that's what the do same you think? Of conversation we used to have um, one season back, or well, two seasons back with Cunagüero. It was Cunagüero is such a good player that he made a difference at Atletico, and it's like, um, I think Gary and I have had this conversation on the podcast. Is if we switched Cunagüero for Messi, um. Messi would probably struggle more at Atletico than, um, and Kuhn would be equally successful or maybe even more at Barcelona. Do you remember we had that conversation uh, quite yeah. a few episodes back? And I disagreed with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, you didn't. It was your idea. No, I wouldn't say. I think Messi is just the greatest player. I think we're, we're, we're truly privileged to be able to watch that type of player. No, I think he's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, of, from a different world, whatever you want to to say to to define him, but um, I, I'm going back to the to I I really think that um, Barcelona wouldn't be the unbeatable, incredible side it is right now if it weren't for Messi. I, I don't know because I think the style as well, the style of Barcelona is what's defined it, and it's all that. I mean, the style works for Messi; it works for everybody. Yes, I, I think without Messi, they'd still be successful. I, okay, maybe they wouldn't be, uh, you know, scoring as many goals. But then you never know because they probably would have signed somebody. Because look at uh, Real Madrid don't have Messi, but they have Ronaldo, and he's scoring the exact same amount of goals. But you have, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have, even have to change the club. You just have to change the sport. If we talk about handball, Barcelona is 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 the most powerful team in the in in the world in handball, and year after year. There are seasons where they don't lose a single match, and and th there's no Messi there. It's it's like it's just a a powerhouse uh, of the best players in the world. It's a philosophy of the club, and it's something Atletico. Hopefully now with Simeone they can adopt because I'm hearing that Simeone wants to implement something like Barca's youth system as well, where everybody plays the same style. Mm -hmm. And this is something that basically the coach just becomes a cog. He doesn't become the important. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Pep Guardiola or Tito Villanova or Jose Mourinho. You play this style, and this is the way. You're there for the personal touch. You're there to handle the players. But the style, the tactics do not change. And that would be great to see because... It's, it's performing the, the creep change that, that, uh, that um, Barcelona took advantage of in the 80s, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I agree. I agree that their philosophy, their, you know, their advantages financially over most of the league all those things are, are you know are important as far as making them as good as they are but i think that messi is their primary difference maker that's that's just the point Derek, have you drawn a blank there <laughs> anything to, well, any th there was there was one more thing that i would like to add to the um, original topic regarding simeone's uh, postmet comments um, i think that simeone's postmet comments overall also also were feeded by Disappointment. I mean, those are the words of a man who went all out, who saw his team play a near perfect first half hour, and he still got beat 4 1. And I think that after the game, Simeone felt like he did everything he possibly could, and he still conceded four goals against the Barcelona, which um, kept Atletico out of the game completely after the first half hour. And we, we, we seemed powerless um, when uh, Barcelona went ahead because. We did everything perfect. I mean, we stopped their um, three forwards. We stopped Xavi. We stopped Iniesta. 
and then still they have a player like Adriano who just bangs in a goal from 30 meters out and um, I think that at that moment Simeone might have felt so disappointed, so defeated um, that some of his comments maybe um, well, sh- should be taken in vain and shouldn't be considered um, uh, how do you to say it? full length, yeah. No, because he was um, at at that point. He did everything he could. He thought that Atletico could um, close in on Barcelona in the league, and so but it wasn't even close to enough. Still far behind them. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, speaking about sour defeats, besides yesterday's goofy um, last goal, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think um, Godin should be fined for that play. Um, <laughs> the did you get the same sour defeat feeling after the Barcelona match and um, we got after the Real Madrid match? I don't think it's a it's a matter of being anti-Madridista or not. I felt much worse after the Real Madrid match, and the scoreboard um, would contradict me um, as to last night. So did I, Ricky. And I think actually coming into onto this uh, podcast. I wasn't feeling that bad because I was actually proud of the the, the way the team played in the, in the first half um, last night, and I think that a lot of it has to do with expectations. Because, to be completely honest, before the Barcelona game, I had an attitude like, "Let's just get this over with," because I didn't believe that we could get a result. While three weeks back, I thought that we could get a result at the Bernabeu, um, but in the end, we played such a poor poor game there. Um, and I think that there are a lot of good things to take from the, the the match at the camp now where we did play so well, we had our chances and we should have taken more of them. Um, but in the end, at the end of the day, I, I feel pretty good about last night's game, despite the result, despite the fact that we lost, um, and which is something that I can't say from the the match that we lost at the Bernabeu. I don't mm-hmm. know how you guys feel about it. Yeah. Um, G- Gary, how do you feel about... Um about the the different uh, the defeats, I, I was I wasn't uh, disappointed about the Bernabeu game. I was fuming because we just failed to show up. But let them go, really let themselves down, let the fans down. They completely shoot themselves at the prospect of facing Real Madrid last night. They went out and they tried to have a go. Um, I got it, got that fantastic goal, and okay, the heads dropped. They lost a bit, and Barca got in, and you know. It's always difficult, Barcelona Camp Nou, but at least they gave it something. They're trying to get out there. And that was it. At least we saw a bit of passion, a bit of pride in the shirt last night. And it was decent. But um, uh, these games, I think we're disappointed because we didn't win. I think it just is really show, it's a shown of the times of how good Atletico are actually starting to become, that we're getting annoyed that we can't beat the likes of Real Madrid uh, away from home. Because generally we we you know we hope for the best when we face them in the Calderon. Now we think we can go there and give them a bit of a game. And I mean we should have done it in the Bernabeu. We didn't. We failed. We fell asleep. We got nervous. Whatever you want to call it. But at least last night it was entertaining for fans. And uh, even one guy from uh, the bar I watched and turned around. He was a Real Madrid fan. He goes, he goes, Real Madrid don't do that when they go to the camp. They don't really actually go out and say right. Generally, for them, it's damage limitation or let's try get them on the break. Because Atletico went out with real balls last night to try and nick us. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me stick to you because um, one of the, I'm, I'm completely changing the topic and I'm going back in time to 
the first match before we we um I mean the first match after we recorded the last episode um Atletico had um what we thought was a fairly easy match at Pilsen and um in the last month we've seemed to have messed up most of the things we had done right uh during the the rest of the season and um even though it it, it didn't make uh, it didn't make it into the big headlines um uh of of the day or of the week or of the month and um maybe I even have to remind this to some of the listeners because they they really don't remember about ever having played Victoria Pilsen um we did lose a crucial match where Atleti only needed a draw and we're like in deep trouble Gary what do you think about that um do you think it was right for Simeone to to uh p- keep playing the same players and 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 take the risk of of having this complicated situation that we have now in the ties. I really think that the Europa League isn't a priority for Atleti this year. I think it prefers more to Copa del Rey. Mm-hmm. And Copa del Rey is easier to play in because you don't have to travel as far. And we've seen it. I think the Calderon is actually coming out and losing money for the Europa League games. Um, they're in the, they're up the prize money this year. But uh, it's still, it's not, the Champions League is the key. Okay, so you can see them passing a couple of uh, of ties and just letting go. I wouldn't, I mean, even part of me thinks go out and play with the Cantera. I mean, we've been there, we've done that, we do need Champions League football, so why wait, I mean, why risk an injury? Interesting. Uh, I just, I mean, I just don't, winning the Europa League at risk of, okay, maybe we can handle the two. But is it a risk where wait, and we need Champions League football? We definitely know that. I mean, there's no doubt. Well, you and me have been in the in the press room with teams that have done exactly that. For example, Udinese, and they knew that they were going to probably lose everything, single match or most of them, and they just said, "My priorities are set, and it's not the Europa League this season." Yeah, but, and that's it. I mean, you you need to look. There's a there's a good chance Atletico Madrid could take second this season because let's just put it into perspective as well Valencia Real Madrid and Barca have to come to the Calderon we, ok we have to go to Sevilla and we have to go to Malaga but those three are your biggest ties they have to come to our ground and they have to play in front of our fans on the, on the wealth of the, this season so that's something that we've got in our corner uh, we need to maybe start thinking is it you know we're not going to win the league we know that uh uh, but second, if Real Madrid continue to go the way they're going, I mean, they're just completely in a free fall and it seems nothing can stop them. I mean, they had a perfect chance to take two points off our and, lead. And what you said, perfect path in La Copa. Yeah. We only that, have Sevilla, I think it's in um, semifinals. Yes. We have the perfect way for the the Copa. I mean, Simeone wants the, the Copa del Rey. I mean, he said that he's spoken more highly of the Copa del Rey than the Europa League. And... There's more money in the Copa del Rey as well, and so you can understand. Uh-huh. I think what's interesting to see is that against Getafe, Simeone fielded his strongest eleven with the absence of Falcao at a minor muscle strain. But it shows how him, um, how seriously he is taking the competition as well. And um, I do agree that there is an easy path for Leco there. Although let's not um, underrate teams like Betis, who we could face in the next round, or Sevilla in the semi-finals, mm-hmm. because. Those are teams that could beat us even over two legs, but uh, I fully agree with you there. If I wouldn't mind if Simeone actually would um, pay preference to the Copa and the, the league and 
Um, but we'll just have to see how the Europa League goes on because we haven't even had the draw yet. We don't know where we're playing yet and I'm not fully aware of our schedule because I do know for a fact that in the league this year we won't have any midweek games so Aledi should have some t- more time to rest up between games. Yeah, and Martin, and some, some, sometimes the, the way of catching Simeone's um, under-the-radar messages is listening to the players. And I've noticed that the players are um, always talking about the Copa and they're not talking that much about Europa League this season. I don't know if you've, you've noticed the same, and what are your thoughts about um, what Gary uh, slipped that um, Atletico's uh, focus might be on the Copa more than on Europa League this season? Yeah, I guess we'll have to see the lineup that you know Simeone puts out for the first Europa League game in the knockout stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as soon as you know he releases the match selection. We'll have yeah. a pretty good idea of what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally uh, would want to see us uh, focus more on the league and, and the Copa del Rey. I said that last season too, but then I'm very happy with how it all turned out. Mm-hmm. We ended up winning, then we played Chelsea, and we end up you know, shocking the world by destroying Chelsea. Falcao has a great game, and we all will always have the memory and always have those two cups to our name. So, I mean... I guess it just depends how how things play out. Mm-hmm. Um, when is the when is the knockout phase uh, for Europa League um, decided? Is is it on the twentieth? Yeah, it's the twentieth. Okay, right. so the day before the world ends, the day before Celta, <laughs> um, we get to know who we're facing in in the next uh, Europa League uh, tie. Uh, well. Um, let me let me get back to to Gary because we have to let him go in in a few minutes, and it, there's a topic. Um, we've we've lost uh, Felipe Luis be, um, be, due to a couple of of um, muscle strain injuries um, in the in the in the last two important matches we've played, and he does seem to be important, but especially because we're missing. Um, a substitute in that in that part of 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 the field. We we spoke about this uh, during the preseason. We spoke about this even last season where we had an Antonio Slopez, as you used to call him, Gary. Um, do you think that can be an area that can be a future headache for Atletico Madrid? Oh, big time! It's uh, something to be very worried about. I mean, I'm sure there was a few people that started to wonder who his agent was when he went down injured yesterday. I'm sure there was a few conspiracy theorists because <laughs> two biggest games of the year and he gets injured. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, Wow, you're sounding like Mourinho. I, <laughs> I, my, me and my people are top people. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, um, I, 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 I sure miss Cebolla a lot of these two matches that um, these two crucial um uh, classical matches, the Derby and and the match against uh, Barcelona. Can we, um, yeah. can we call Cebolla the new Jurado? No, I, I would say he's, get... he's much more than Jurado. Ah, similar. As it was. His effect, I mean, not similar style. I just mean he comes off the bench and he changes the game. He's a bench player. I don't think Cebolla starting a game, I don't think he adds anything when he starts. But I think coming off the bench... He brings something very important. He's very electrical from from the bench, yeah. and um, why would that remind you to Jurado anyway? <laughs> Jurado in the year we won the Europa League always came off the bench and changed games. 
Yeah, well, um, I, I, as much as changing games, I guess it's a matter of opinion. But um, I, I know that Jurado was Kike's favorite. Um, I, 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 I found um, uh, Kike's preference for Jurado as strange as I find um, Simeone's preference for Thiago strange. Now that no, Ricky, Ricky. so severely Ricky. at the end of it. Jurado, that season that Gary's mentioning, he really was, like, you know, he was very important coming off the bench. And you know that Jurado was good every single match he played at, at Atletico Madrid. Every single match. Massively booed. No, he wasn't. Oh, no, he wasn't? No, he I don't wasn't. Know, I don't know about that last season. No. I don't know about that. Wait, he I, came around. Well, maybe the he was forgiven halfway through that season. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Jurado fan. He was getting the whistles as Reyes and Ra- I think it was more Raul Garcia and per- no, Perea started Perea, getting yeah. In my opinion, it was great news to send him off to Schalke. <laughs> well, that was great for the business. I think the worst yeah, was yeah. The, the baby giraffe fucking, what's his name, Pablo. <laughs> Christ, what are the... I mean, seriously, you look at those teams and you think... How the fuck did they play for it? <laughs> but Jurado was the ultimate sub, though, because I believe that he played every single of our 64 games that season. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think he started no. 10 of them or something. Yeah, yeah for sure. He, he did make his contributions. Okay, that's uh, the... Uh, let's, 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 <laughs> Ricky's outnumbered on Jurado, so he wants to... No, 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 no not, not that I want to censor anyone about Jurado. You, you can be for Jurado fanboys. You're, you're, you're entitled to it. But so Ricky... to tell you who you should be fanboy about. Uh, no, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about Felipe Luis. And do you think that um, uh, December... Uh, transfer market window um, anyone at Atletico will be especially alert to any options that might become available for to cover uh, Felipe Luis's back in in the case because I get the feeling that um, Cholo um, is acting like a true club manager when yesterday and as well um, against Real Madrid and we spoke about this in um in in the last podcast, um, he um, decided not to play Kader because he thought it was too much responsibility to play. No, yesterday he decided against playing um, Manguillo because he thought it was too much responsibility to play him, which um, leaves two doubts in the air. What the hell did Sisma come for? And uh, the because he he shifted Juanfran to the other side of the pitch, and he could have played. Um, he could have at least taken Sisma, or um, I think Sisma hasn't um, didn't travel to Santiago Bernabéu, and he didn't travel to. I think um, Sisma Sisma just came because it was like the only option available for free, and he was uh, like, "All right, let's take a chance on that guy." Okay, and and, 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 um, and then he saw him, and he's like, "Okay, no." <laughs> you know. Okay, so he's, he's a second division player after all. It's like yeah. <laughs> I think he's there for press events for Felipe. Everybody thinks it's Felipe, and Felipe can go home. Sisma's there just to pretend he's Felipe. Felipe <laughs> stunned up. Yeah. He, he has a contract agreement to wear the same hairstyle and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, I grow my hair. Someone pointed out to me um, after like a half an hour in one of our Europa League games that Felipe wasn't playing, that it was in fact uh, Sisma on the left, and to be honest, I hadn't I noticed at all. <laughs> 
You're telling me you didn't notice when he touched the ball for the first time and he had to control it seven <laughs> times to actually have that. That wasn't a hint here. Um, I, I remember when... Uh, do you remember, Gary, when we went to Los Angeles San Rafael? Um, Simeones tried Cebolla on, uh, defensively on the left Yeah. more than once. Yeah. I think he's he's considering Cebolla as a backup. I wondered maybe if they would try to take a risk on Casado or the Rayo. But he's he was rumored to be joining Atleti during the summer, but he seems to have gone off the boil. And even Rayo don't want to play him, so you know, maybe we could end up with another Cisma situation there. Uh, I'm sure that I think everybody's saying the club. Uh, they, oh, the name of the Granada defender's gone. Uh, the Granada left sided defender. What's his Did name? Yes, everybody's saying him as a possible replacement. That's not going to happen. First of all, because Granada are going to want big money from, and he's not going to come to be Felipe Luis's replacement or sorry, Felipe Luis's sub. I mean, he's a good player, he's a decent player. I just can't. He's not. Um, what did Juan Frank come for a couple of seasons ago to replace uh, Simao? Simao, yeah. I mean, he didn't come to sit on the bench, and that's it. We're talking about a player. I mean, that cost. I think I'm not 100 percent sure how much he cost Granada, but it cost a pretty penny. And they're not going to sell him for less than about seven or eight million. And there's no way Atletico are going to pay seven or eight million for someone's no. bench. No, no, they're not. Especially in this, I, I don't see them making a big move like that just because. No, uh, it would have to the, be someone. The front office, the front office is just going to say, "Okay, we're comfortably yeah. qualifying for Champions League. Why are we going to spend money now when we should, you know, shift our focus it on would be someone seeing what ending, to do in the summer?" contract in June and mm, with a club that you can reach um, a decent deal, Let's so they don't lose money. Back. Sorry? Let's get Pernia back and then Pernia. just put, <laughs> yeah. put him beside Sisma and say, listen, you are this shit that if you do not play, we're going to play him instead. And then everybody will really know how bad you are. And that might motivate him to get a haircut and play better. <laughs> wow, you're really being hard on, on poor Sisma. I hope he doesn't speak English. <laughs> he probably missed all the jokes. Anyway, I saw him try to take a pass on then he missed the ball. I mean, there's a reason Al Maria went down, and he was one of them. <laughs> well, um, so much for our options of ever interviewing Cisma. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anything uh, you would like to, you you, you would, um, you, you think is going to happen besides uh, besides Silvio moving probably to Mallorca in the December transfer market. I know you, you guys said basically Joel that nothing will happen. Well, Joel and Pulido too, probably going out on loan somewhere. I would be surprised. I think Asenko could be pushed instead of Joel, because I think a lot depends on what's yeah. going to happen with Courtois. Uh, because I think they all view Asenko, so I think it's now the time to get Asenko out, get him on loan. Uh, I think they should make a few but calls. But isn't, isn't that like spoiling Joel for good and having to bring someone in? Then, but then what are you going to do? I do get the feeling that Cholo doesn't trust uh, Joel at all. Uh, I can understand because I saw, I mean, he started well at Rayo and then he just started making some very, very silly mistakes. He, I mean, it's, part of it's normal, you can understand it. But I think maybe uh, we spoke about this and I disagreed with us. And I think now maybe you might have been right. Maybe it's time to sell Joel on one of those options that he goes to a club for three years and we have the option of buying him back for two million mm-hmm. and only we can buy him back for three years or something like that. 
Mm -hmm. need to be careful where we send them because he needs to go to a... I don't know, maybe... I've been watching a lot of Segunda games lately and actually there's some really good football. Actually, La Segunda's nearly better than La Liga. Yeah, they're, they're incredible sides. All the teams are really past some beautiful games, movement, some really... Cordoba plays really well in... Yeah, all these teams, they just they just like to play football. I mean, it's it's really open the league, and anybody can beat anybody, and so it's nice to see. Oh, you you, you know who's at the helm, eh? Elche. Fran Escriba. Um, that's um, Kike Sanchez Flores' assistant coach. Yeah. Um, uh, that's something I wish I could see, man. I wish I could watch more Seuna, but from the states, the times, and the the oh, um, excuses. It's not even on TV. <laughs> um, I have a mirror and I don't, I don't watch them either. So, what can I say? Um, okay, mm, I, I think we have to let Gary go, don't we? Yes. Thank you very much. And um, we'll probably be back um, for for a Christmas episode, won't we, Gary? Yeah, we'll see how time goes. I'm looking forward to a few days' holidays, to be perfectly honest, and I know you guys are too. Mm hmm. So hopefully we'll be able to do something, but if not, uh, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year. Up. Happy New Year. And, uh, well, you mean we all know we're fucked on the 21st. Um, <laughs> Migans, <laughs> Migans, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about. Derek's family. <laughs> yeah, Derek's family. Uh, I need to give his address. I have it here, so I can send it to you. I can blame him. <laughs> there you go. But the papers anyway, Derek, no? Yeah, I received them and they were great, thanks. <laughs> All right, guys, well, listen, uh, have a good one. Don't drink too much, don't eat too much, and, you know, it's been a great year. Or, or eat a lot and drink a lot. <laughs> and what the heck, we deserved it. It's going to be better. I've got a really good feeling. Okay. Being optimistic and being an Aleti fan. <laughs> thanks, Gary. All, right. All the best, guys. Talk to you soon. Well, l let me direct this question to Martin. Um... Uh, we're facing Celta, and and um, I, I I read I, I read a wise tweet on 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 Twitter saying something like, um, okay, losing against Real Madrid sucks, but what makes a difference is what happened the match after we 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 faced uh, Real Madrid. All is well if we were able to to get away with a with a good win against Deportivo. We did. Um, yeah, I think the same applies here. I agree, I agree, and uh, yeah, those are the expected defeats. If we are able to pull off the stunt, that I don't remember the last time. I, I think no one around remembers the last time we were able to win the matches we were expected to win. It'll be a really remarkable season. Right, and I remember seeing somebody talk about how uh, yeah, Atleti used to always lose the matches they were supposed to win and win the ones they were supposed to lose. That's mm -hmm. been like the, the history of Atletico and this year it's completely opposite. Every single uh, team that's come to the Vicente Calderon has left, you know. In tears. In tears, beaten. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why Celta should, you know, leave any differently. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think they should just have their Kleenexes ready. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, no, I agree that we are on an amazing record, and we mentioned it in the intro. I believe it's 14 consecutive wins at the Calderon now. Um, I, to be completely honest, I don't know a whole lot about Celta. I mean, they um, came up this season. I believe they have a, a couple of nice players. Uh, I know someone who is 
um, amazed by Iago Aspas, um, and they gave around a really good game last week. But oh, incredible, no incredible player! Yeah, Iago Aspas is a is sensational man. Yes. That guy does everything. Well, one one of the most under um, Gary was talking about underrated players. One of the most underrated players in La Liga. Yeah, I think he's breaking out quickly, and and that's not going to be the case anymore. Everybody's going to know who he is by the end of the year, man. He's really, really good. How old is he, Martin? Um, Uh, twenty-five. Yeah, he's he 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 was in second division for a few years, and everyone was talking about him and how how big he would be in a in in a in a Primera side and. Well, he carried the team into Primera. He scored yeah. like 23 goals in Seuna last season. 22 or 23 goals. So. Mm-hmm. He's a, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason for Atletico not to come out victorious in this game because anything less than an, uh, a victory would be a, a big disappointment to end what has been a fantastic year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, and I think the team's going to come out, you know, after losing against Barcelona. Uh, I think they're going to pay the broken plates, as they say. Oh. The previous, <laughs> the previous two games that we lost um, against Valencia Real Madrid, we lost the the game after that. But those were midweek games with our reserve squad, and this time we have a, a full week to prepare. So I'm pretty confident about this game, and yeah, let's let's see what happens on Friday. Mm-hmm. No, dirty thing it though it happens on a Friday because Friday night shouldn't be a La Liga night. No, be because there, there's That's not going to be a world after after Saturday. That's what to worry about be, yeah. because of your calendar. <laughs> well, we're, we're, it's it's a really funny situation because um, it's it's uh, the first time in in recent Liga history that um, a, a normal match a, a normal match day is held on on a Friday. But they, they've reached this agreement to to stop for for um, a longer amount of days uh, during during the the Christmas break um, here. Unlike other leagues like Premier League, um, there's a full stop and um, the competition isn't back until the, the the weekend of January the 5th uh, and to January the 6th, which is... Well, actually, Ricky, I think that um, the Premier League is the only league in Europe that doesn't have a stop at the uh, after the Christmas break. I, I don't find that um, logical. I, I think the, the American system of, of, of holding huge uh, sporting events on... On on the bigger bigger holidays is is a great idea. Well, it's to be honest, I'm I'm looking forward to Boxing Day. I mean, I'll just watch some Premier League games. I'll watch some NBA basketball. It's, it's like it's like the the, the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving uh, football. Yeah, NFL football. it's incredible. It's really fun. Then there's basketball on Christmas. Then there's the bowl games of college football. I don't know how aware you guys are. Probably Rick yeah. is aware, but no, no, everyone I is. I, I think that uh, oh, okay, here, college. American football is even bigger as far as attendance and that kind of stuff than even the professional league. They have stadiums for a hundred, a hundred and ten thousand people that get sold out every game. So I mean, it's huge, and they play all throughout the holiday season, kind of like the finals, the bowl games, you know, New and, Year's Eve. And and wouldn't it be nice to be able to to give um, a ticket uh, to to kids on on Christmas or or Central um, Spanish uh, Christmas holiday, which is the Three Wise Men, the, the January the fifth, January the sixth. Well, this this um, this season, it's it's on a weekend, and, and therefore there's going to be Liga. But um, I just think it's one of those um, Liga malfunctions. Uh, uh, 
just have to be rethought. Um, as there's a couple of those, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. Playing uh, close to midnight, or or, or the the horrible um, amount of of fish raid matches um, all over the the timetable, and and not ha- not holding matches at the same time, like like they used to be held, and I think that's what people want. Or ticket pricing, so many things that, that could be fixed in 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 La Liga. This is just another issue of um, closing the competition away for probably the the period of the year where people can pay more attention to La Liga. And yeah. I think these these are these are pros. Maybe they should not be competing in September or not be competing in in June and and be competing in Dece- in December. I think that that's what makes more sense. That's where um, fans would appreciate it the most. But well, um, that's that's how the thinking from, lines from at La Liga work. Though, Ricky, because you know how uh, January and February are always crazy they're, they're hectic with the number of games played with all the Kappa games uh, playing in midweek so for the players it will actually be a, a good moment to rest up and um, to get some energy back and hopefully then um, they'll they'll just well, re- ready for the, the competition is too long and 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 the 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 leagues are just too big um, there shouldn't be more than 18 to 16 to 18 teams in in La Liga in the first place and that's just something that that's gone wrong, and nobody's ever fixed it. And of course, you're going to have a crazy schedule of a zillion matches. And Atletico has played 60 matches a year. The 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 two seasons they've they've won Europa League. It's it's almost a curse to win to win silverware these these seasons because you you end you end up the season playing 60 matches while your opponents play 45 to 50. They're they're better prepared for the next season. Well, there's no way they are um, turning back that decision, though, because with all the the, the TV money, etc., there's there's no way uh, they are going back from playing 38 games to 34 or whatever. No, yeah, there have been talks. There have been talks many times about that. I think that's something that has to be addressed sooner or later. Mm, the the competition has to go down at least two 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 sides. To, to be honest, I would rather they um, decrease the number of international games instead of the the number of La Liga games. I, I would introduce two changes. I would I would remove two teams from La Liga, and I would I would um, uh, play La Copa in in English style. It would be one single match in the yeah. in the weaker sides um, yep. round. That, that would that would be an awesome way of packing the stadiums and 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 really. Um, Re, reviving the, um, the the competition totally. Seems like there's consensus there, so that, I see that as something realistic that could change soon. You know, if there's consensus, it will never happen. That's how <laughs> La Liga works. <laughs> That's so sad. Okay, um, uh, Derek, maybe you can. Um, do you have the the um, uh, the information for? Uh, for Atleti B of 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 the results and and the rest of the cantera. Um, uh, give me a second, Ricky, because I have to look up some of the results. I don't know from the top of my head. Maybe you do. Yeah, let me see. I've got it around here. Atleti B. It's it's another source of constant bad news. It's probably it's probably the the biggest source of of constant bad news for for Atletico and. Um, we we were reading uh, Billy, who is um, who is um, always our our front cover kid for 
for for um, Cantera, and um, I, I I think the point that um, Billy raises every single week is what's what's the point of keeping Alfredo at, at the at, at the front of the team because his team was um, beat four to one by by Alcala, who are positions positioned nineteenth in 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 Segunda B, and um, well, it's it's just disaster after disaster, and uh, luckily this this week is 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 probably his um, Alfredo's last match, and and I can see a Manzano play happening, and that means something like um, they're just going to um, end the 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 natural year with with Alfredo Santalena, and probably look for a replacement over the, over Christmas. I I would expect. Um, uh, Mena to to leave Atleti C and and take over Atleti B. Yeah, I agree. I that it, it's such it's such a shame though what's happened this first half season with Atletico B because um, last season they were actually there was mostly positive news coming from the B side because Panti had them playing quite well um, and even some players that were were able to step up to the first team you had mm-hmm. um, Pedro Kader and this season Saul and Oliver Torres as well and. In that regard, there are good things going from the Cantera, but the results from Atletico B are simply horrendous this year. And you you have to wonder if um, guys like Oliver Torres and Saul are getting any better playing for the B team, or if they're just in a negative a situation where they're not improving at all. And I think that. And the thing is that um, what's the point in uh, once you reach this this um, situation that you had last season with Atleti, um, with the, with the first team, uh, with Manzano? What's the point of uh, keeping uh, keeping the the coach for for an extra month when you know that he's not going to get the results anymore and um, probably the, the players aren't paying as much attention as they would and they and they really need um, to to be refocused by by someone who who can take control of the situation and and cut the bleeding. Um, Atletico have to go to Luanco to face Marino and and probably face another shameful defeat and. Um, What's the point of, of sinking in 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 the in the chart? I I really don't understand um, why they're taking so long to to uh, just call someone in and to take over. Aleti uh, face Rayo B um, after after Christmas on on January the sixth. Um, moving on, um, well let's see Aleti C. Aleti C. Well the they're, they're sort of performing. Um, thing is that Atleti C last season was uh, a spectacular side, and and this season they're they're not shining as much. But it's 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 logical because um, moving so many players out of Atleti B, as as you said, um, they are very young. Yes, uh, uh, many players have moved from from Atleti C to Atleti B, and and well, it's 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 hard and. Um, they managed to get away with a with a one-one draw, and and well, I I can really see some some changes, and and it will be it will be interesting to see who takes over at Leti C if, as expected, um, Simeone's friend Oscar Mena takes over uh, Atleti B, and and the logical move of um, pushing coaches up as as you get rid of someone in 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 one of the uh, the, the middle t- uh, tires. Um, uh, what happens with Atleti C and who takes over? Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who takes over. 
And Aletico Feminas is probably the, one of the best um, news that we have in 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 the in um, the, the the whole club, and um, they're they're probably going through through the best period in Atletico history, and um, the 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 female league is different. They 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 have they're already on their on their break. Um, let me see if I can look up that information. They they beat uh, Janos Oliventa five to one, um, and I, I think that was a match when when they they became um, uh, the, their their league leaders. And afterwards, they they went on to um, win San, Gab- San Gabriel three to zero, and uh, they they return after after the Christmas break on on the twentieth. So that's um. No, on the 13th, sorry, that's in mid-January against Sporting Trigueros. That's an away hey, match. Hey, do their, do their games get televised, Ricky? Mm, I would have to look that up, but I, I really don't think so. Yeah, okay. I think that... And have you ever been to one? Maybe some of the uh, final matches. I, I've been to two Atletico Feminas matches, and I've watched a couple of, of Copa matches on, on, on television. There's also good news from the uh, Aleko handball section. We got two wins. Um, um, good news and bad news because um, uh, a couple of weeks back we we lost against Barcelona, and that were that was probably our only chance to to um, fight for the for the Liga title. And and that's incredible because there's 22 matches to go, and and Barcelona uh, are already expected to. Um, this is sounding very familiar, Ricky. Yeah, it is. It is. La Liga, Barcelona don't have a Messi, but they don't lose a single match. They haven't lost a single match in any uh, competition. Um, and they've gone, I think it's like, um, they're on a seven or eight month um, uh, defeatless streak or something like that. Something really, really incredible. And um, they're just unbeatable. Um, one of... Atletico's key players, the the goalkeeper Sterbic, moved from Atleti to Barcelona, so um, things got even worse because the the backup goalkeeper, which is uh, the Spanish national team goalkeeper, um, Jose Javier Ombrados, um, really active on Twitter, um, he got injured during uh, the beginning of the season, and uh, he's got an ACL tear, and and he's expected to be away for at least uh, five six months, so. Um, I think that Atletico's chances of of even fighting for the league with Barcelona are more or less done. Uh, they're playing they're playing uh, Copa against uh, Naturhaus La Rioja. I think that's uh, that's is that on the twenty first? I I don't know where I wrote that down. Yeah, it is. It's on the twenty. It's on the twenty first against uh, Naturhaus, and they did win their their last two matches and. This this league is 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 pretty funny because it's like Atletico have only drawn one match and lost a match against Barcelona, and that's a three point difference, and that's probably because it's a it's a two point win competition, and and that's probably going to be the difference until Atletico uh, face Barcelona in 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 the second um, round of of La Liga and the different of of Asobal, which is the name of the handball competition. And the difference goes from three points to five, or maybe goes down to one, but it's never going to um, 
go below that or probably not not going to go below that and well if if you want to read some interesting stuff uh, at forsaletico.com we have a we have a really huge um, handball expert called Ocelin and he he writes incredible um reports uh, uh match reports for the for the handball section and they're really interesting to read because they're um uh, highly informational i i know that some of our listeners are are handball fans so i'll just leave it there uh for for martin to investigate about new sports um have you ever watched <laughs> a handball match uh just minutes maybe <laughs> seconds seconds of a handball match okay so um uh at this point of the season, and um, we'll probably be back for for a Christmas special. Um, we'll probably have to convince Gary to um, have a, a, a seaside interlude and, and record with us for for a few minutes. But um, so far, so good. No, uh, I, I I can say I wasn't expecting the year to end as sweet as it is going to end. No matter what, because uh, being on top of Real Madrid and being the overdog for for uh, the first part of the season, as to our personal Madrid rivalry goes, it's it feels good, doesn't it? Our, it our feels very great, good yeah. friend Billy Edwards uh, made a great comment right after the game last night. Um, he said, "We may have lost to Barcelona, but we are still way ahead of Valencia, of Sevilla, of Betis." of Malaga, of um, our biggest rival, Real Madrid. We are near to 40 points in the league, and we spent only $1 million this summer. Guys, we're doing just a fantastic job this season, and uh, long may it continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, last year we finished with 19 points. We're on the verge of 40, you know what I mean? So, geez, to think that, you know, I was telling people, trying to cheer up hungover Atleticos this morning, uh, <laughs> I was saying, imagine telling yourself on August 18th that at the end of 2012 we'd be in second place. And you're feeling glum because, yeah, you didn't manage to reduce your difference with Barcelona from six to three points. That was that would be so cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I I think um, Simeone is just spoiling us all uh, with with these incredible results. I um, will look back to these days and and probably acknowledge them as. Either the beginning of an incredible era for Atletico, or uh, the sweetest day that we remember in a very long time. I, I hope it's the first of the there's, scenarios. There's one thing that I just can't shake off, Ricky, and that's something that Tito Villanova actually said before the match, and it was Atletico. They would be first in any league in the world, mm-hmm. except the Spanish one, and it's it's a harsh reality because the way we are playing, the the points we're collecting. I think we would be top in any of the major leagues, except for maybe Germany, but we are playing so, so well, and it's a, just a huge shame that we're in the same league as a fantastic team like Barcelona. Mm-hmm. That's where my proposal yesterday came from, about freeing Catalonia, that I'd be all for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they say they stick to La Liga um, Monaco style. I wouldn't allow no, but we'd force them. We'd force them out to like France or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, to League One. <laughs> that would be a good add-on. Um, 
Well, uh, I, I think that's that's about it. Uh, we've we've covered all the topics we were expecting to cover. Um, thank you very much, Derek, for for your time. Thanks for the great comments, and hopefully we'll talk again before year's end. <laughs> hopefully we'll talk again after the twenty first, guys. Um, yeah. I'll see what I can do about that. Uh, it was great talking <laughs> to you again, and uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah, great, uh, Martin. Uh, fantastic talking to you again, and and hopefully we'll be back for that Christmas special there. We we still haven't uh, finished preparing. Yep, yep. And Derek, please spare us, buddy. Really <laughs> yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your last name. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. And and if the world doesn't end on the twenty first, we'll be back for more here on this Saturday. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is It Letty, Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Is It Letty, or by email on info at ThisIsItLetty.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for said Letty. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.